the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. As believers in Christ, you and I have been set on a path. And if that path is the path of the just, it will lead right back to the one who redeemed us and put us on that path to begin with. Welcome to Way of Grace. Pastor Jessica Stand from Grace Bible Church in Hayward will take us back to John chapter 9, verses 24 through 38. Today, we'll see what it means to fix our eyes on Christ all the way. Specifically, we're looking at verse 34 today. We'll have some cross-references for you out of Isaiah, Ezekiel, as well as James. We'll see what it means to cast out but not be cast away, sought out and found, and safe in the hands of the shepherd. It's all straight ahead on today's broadcast. Join us. Here's Pastor Jessica Stan. Now, as the Bible frequently uses the metaphor of the life, here it goes again. He will be a covenant to the people, a light to the Gentiles. Verse 7. To open the eyes of the what? Telling you the blind man knew this text. To bring out the prisoners from where? And them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. Did Christ draw that blind man out of his prison? Is he experiencing what Jesus said in John chapter 8 verse 36? Whomsoever the Son shall set free shall be free indeed. Is he coming up out of not only the darkness and obscurity of his own personal circumstance, but the darkness and obscurity of the religious context of which he grew up in? Is God making straight that which was crooked? Is God revealing to him the dark places that he never traveled before? Go with me to verse 16. Help you see this. You got to love your Bible to sit under this kind of teaching. I know. Verse 16. Here's what... Here's what God says he will do through Christ for those who are formerly blind. I will bring the blind by a way that they knew not. Is that the way that this blind man has just gone? He never knew the way of his parents forsaking him. Why? Because they were in a dead church. They were dead. His son was dead and everybody was happy. The moment that his son meets Christ, now all of a sudden, you know what he discovers? They're dead. They're blind. And they're part of the crooked way. He had never been led by this way before. He was living under a false peace in a religious system that had denied the gospel. And then he's moving from his parents not being in that way before. Notice what it says. And I will lead them in paths that they have not known. I will make darkness light before them. Is this what... God has done to the blind man. Has the blind man successfully, not only in a miracle of grace, opening his physical eyes, but opening his spiritual eyes to the darkness of the rulers? To the darkness of the religion that he's in? Is he coming a new way? A gospel way? A way of grace? And crooked things being made straight? These things will I do unto them. Watch this. And not what? And not what? 
Is that the way our faithful Lord was for this blind man? Did he forsake him? No, he didn't. He kept him all the way. I want to show you something now. Verse 17. Here it is. Look at verse 17. Verse 17 says, They shall be turned back. They shall be greatly ashamed that trust in graven images that say to molten images, You are our gods. Pastor, who is this talking about? The Pharisees. Whenever you distort the gospel, you are an idolater. Whenever you change the message of the Bible, you are worshiping false images, the images of your own imagination. And notice what the prophecy was. They shall be turned back. Did Christ turn back the Pharisees again and again and again? Is he going to turn back the Pharisees in the life of this blind man? I want you to see something else. This is glorious. Here it is. Here it is. I want you to see verse 18. Hear ye deaf and look ye blind that you what? Now that's what Christ meant in verse 41 when he says, I came that the blind might see. Now here it is. Let's work through this question. Who, verse 19, is blind but my servant? Or deaf as my messenger that I sent? Who is blind as he that is perfect and blind as the Lord's servant? Do you see those set of questions? Those set of questions can be answered with three applications to show us that the text that we're dealing with in John 9, this passage can only be fulfilled in John 9. What do we mean by that? The question is being raised concerning the Lord's servant, right? And there are three servants that we can easily affirm in John 9. The first servant is national Israel. Israel is God's servant. There's no doubt about that. And God raises the question about the servant, who is as what? blind as my servant. Do you see? Because we're dealing with blindness, are we not? Was national Israel blind? How often were they blind? They were blind from the beginning, weren't they? Who is blind as my servant or deaf as my messenger? I would assert to you that this is a prophecy first concerning national Israel because of its rebellion against God. Isaiah chapter 6 says, Go and tell this people and make them not to see nor to hear my word. Then Isaiah said it again in Isaiah chapter 29. In Isaiah 29, their ears are heavy, they cannot hear. Their eyes have waxed heavy, they cannot see. And again, our master used this same language out of Isaiah 29 and Matthew 13. I am speaking parables to them so that in hearing they will not hear and in seeing they will not see. What are you saying, pastor? The judgment of blindness that Christ talked about in verse 41 was always on national Israel. The second group are the rulers, the Pharisees, in our text. The Pharisees were blind. They were always blind. Do you remember what Matthew chapter 23 says where Christ is excoriating the rulers? He called them, you fools and blind. You fools and blind. You fools and blind. And in Matthew's gospel chapter 15, Christ said, let the blind Lead the blind and they both shall fall into the ditch. So we have national Israel as the blind servant. And then we also have the rulers as the blind servant. But you guys know what we do at Grace, right? We preach what? The gospel. And we declare that the Bible ultimately is about who? This is where you and I want to get the lesson. This is where we want to get the lesson. We can say in part, briefly, that the blind person is the blind man who was healed by Christ and used by Christ to declare the truth to these other rulers. But ultimately, 
the questions that are raised in verse 19 are about the Lord Jesus Christ. Who was blind but my servant? Now, if we were using a sound biblical hermeneutic, we would know that the term servant goes back to verse 1. Right? Behold my servant, in whom I am well pleased, the one I uphold. Was Christ blind? Yes, he was. He was blind in the same way that he had stated earlier that if you're blind, you have opportunity to see. But if you say you see, ain't no hope for you. Now watch this. Watch the language. I'm going to see if I can develop this briefly before we shut it down. It says here in verse 19, Who is blind but my servant, or deaf as my messenger that I sent? Is Christ the messenger that God the Father sent into the world? Now watch this last line. Who is blind as he that is what? As he that is what? Perfect and blind as the Lord's servant. What is God the Father saying? The Lord Jesus Christ was blind in this sense. He was blind in the sense that he did not see the sins of his people when he came into this world. So that his job was not to point out their sin or to condemn them because of their sin. But to heal them because he was the perfect one. Stay with me now. I want you to get this. His job was not to see their wickedness or or be caught up with or be uh, uh, entangled with condemning them for their sin. The Son of Man came not that the world might be condemned, but that it might be what? And the whole of this interpretation hinges on one word. Do you know what the word is? Perfect. 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 Who is as blind as he that is perfect? The Hebrew word is shalom. Shalom. S-H-A-L-A-M. It is not the word shalom. But it is a derivative of it. And you know what that means? The word peace in this context is a word that means restored. It means to make restitution. It means to pay back. It means to make whole. It's a word that's always used when something is stolen or when something is lost that you are obligated to pay it back. You are obligated to restore it. You are obligated to bring it back. The ox that is destroyed because it's your neighbors, you are obligated to pay that back, to restore it again, to make restitution. The word perfect therefore means this. It means to be free of debt. Who is he that is blind, but he that is free of debt? Who is the only person in this world that is free of debt? The Lord Jesus Christ. Who is the only person in this world that is truly perfect? The Lord Jesus Christ. Now get this. I know this may be floating over your head, but you got to get it. Get it, get it. There is no way that Christ could heal anyone. He couldn't raise the dead. He couldn't restore the blind eye. He couldn't heal the lame. He couldn't cause anyone to be brought back to their pristine state until he first paid their debt. Until he made restitution. Until he reconciled. Until he restored. Who is he that restores? Who is he that reconciles? Who is he that makes restitution? Only one. My servant, the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want you to grasp now when you hear the word perfect, don't let that word kind of juggle in your brain as something you don't get. Perfect means it's paid for. Perfect means it's restored. Now you can see that when Jesus touched people and healed them, 
it was paid for. When he opened the eyes of the blind, it was paid for. When it was restored, it was paid for. Because his death on the cross, though it would be later, was applied to them at that time to affirm the fact that he was God's perfect one. One verse, and we're going to shut it down. Job chapter 9. I want you to read Job 9 with me, verse 20 and 21. Job is going to explain this to us. This must have been about 38 years ago when I ran across the Isaiah 42 text. And I was in a Sunday school class with several very knowledgeable teachers, very knowledgeable men, very learned men. And to a T, those men argue that this passage of Isaiah 42 could not be referring to Jesus. It had to be referring to national Israel. And I'm only about 23 years old. 24 years old. And I'm saying, that don't make any sense. And it's been 38 years. 30 years. You guys ready? And it still don't make no sense. The more I learn about the scriptures, there's only one perfect person in the world. He was so perfect that he could be blind to your sin. Do you know why? Because he took your sin on. He took my sin on. He bore my sin. So he was blind to my sin because he bore my sin in his own body on the cross. What that means is because he bore my sin and paid for my sin, he could restore me to wholeness. He could open my eyes. He could raise me from the dead. He could give me life. In other words, he did what he did to me because he paid my sin debt. And here's what Job says. If I justify, justify myself, my own mouth shall do what? If I say I am what? It shall also prove me perverse. You know what Job is explaining? Job is saying, if I say I'm perfect, I'm not. But if I say I'm not perfect, I am. Remember, God called him perfect in chapter 1. This is the same word. Now watch this, saints. Those of us who are in Christ, we are what? Perfect. But in ourselves, we are what? Not perfect. Now if you want his perfection, you better tell it. I'm not perfect at all. If you want his righteousness, say, I am not righteous at all. If you want his mercy, say, I am not merciful at all. If you want God to forgive you, acknowledge the fact that you are a sinner. And this is how Job is explaining it. Now look at verse 21. I love this. Here it is. Verse 21. Job 9, 21. He goes on to say, though I were perfect, yet would I what? Not know my soul. I would despise my life. Now, why am I taking you through this exercise? Because the Pharisees actually believed that they were perfect. Go back to John chapter 9. I'm getting ready to shut it down right here. You see, the very word Pharisee means separated ones. And the notion of separation means that you are holier than thou. It means you're righteous. And the Pharisee says something at the end of our discussion between him and the blind man that's going to tie the knot. And I want you to get this. In John's Gospel, chapter 9, verse 34. Are you there? Here's what they said. They answered and said unto him, You are all together born in sin. And do you teach us anything? Do you see it? Now the only reason you talk like that to somebody else is because you don't believe you're born in sin. Now the only way you talk about somebody else like that is because you believe that you are holy. You are righteous. You are perfect. Because to be perfect is to be righteous. 
To be righteous is to be holy. Are you guys hearing what I'm saying? Now Isaiah 66 verse 5 plainly said, when you act like this, you're going to kick people out your church. Isaiah 66 verse 5 is affirming what these rich rulers are going to do. I just pull it up, pull it up, because we need to knock that down. Isaiah chapter 66 verse 5. Listen to it. Is this what happened to the blind man? Here it is. Hear the word of the Lord, ye that do what at his word? Did the blind man tremble at Christ's word? Your brethren that what? Hated you that did what? Cast you out for my name's sake. Said what? Let the Lord be glorified. Is this what the rulers did? Do you see the prophecy being fulfilled? And look how it's fulfilled to the T. But he shall appear to your joy. Is that what's happening in our text? Is Christ appearing to him? And he shall be to their what? Go back to your text. Let me shut it down here so we can partake of the table. I think you see it now, don't you? Do you see it now? Do you see, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It's written of me to do thy will, O God. Can you see how the scriptures are pointing to Christ and Christ holds all the offices and that even in these these dramas of redemption, it's not about the blind man, it's about Christ. And can you see how this court case where Christ now is paying them back by putting the blind man in their midst, the work of God is prevailing, is it not? The work of God. The rulers brought their works in John 8. Christ is bringing his work in John 9. The work of Christ is prevailing over the rulers in that the work of Christ did not get subverted. It was tested by the rulers and the blind man stood still. Did he stand? Did he stand? He stood by the grace of God. And when he finished his test, guess who showed up? The Lord Jesus Christ. This is so beautiful. And they answered and said unto him, you were altogether born in sin and do you teach us? Ladies and gentlemen, when they made that statement, who were they really condemning? Christ, John 8, 41, we be not born of fornication, you're born of fornication. You are a child of sin, you are a child of the devil, you are a bastard, you are a Samaritan, you are a glutton, you are a drunkard. I'm trying to get a point across to you that this blind man is not the issue. The issue is Jesus. That what Christ did in the life of this blind man drew him in to be a partaker of Christ's suffering. And Jesus said, or Paul rather said in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12, If you suffer with me, you will also what? Reign with me. If you suffer for Christ's sake, you will also what with Christ? Reign. Did this blind man reign? All throughout his trial he reigned. And he's getting ready to reign something glorious right now. So we have before us as we close the faithfulness of a good shepherd who never allows his sheep to be lost or destroyed. The blind man is cast out of the carnal church and about to come into the spiritual church. He's been cast out of the dark church of a Christless gospel and to be brought into the kingdom of God's dear son. And the one who is about to usher him in to the kingdom is the one who is going to say in the next chapter, I am the door of the sheep. I am the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Verse 35, here it is. Verse 35. Jesus heard that they had cast him out and when he had found him, and when he had what? When he had found him. That means Jesus went after him. 
What man of you having a hundred sheep and lose one? Not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after him. Hallelujah. Lord, come after me. Come after me. Come after me. He came after his sheep. Did he come after his sheep? And I want you to see something because I'm, you know, you might not show up next week. I want you to see this. I, this is amazing. This is amazing. See, you have to love your Bible. God help these people love their Bible because you don't realize, you don't realize how profound every aspect of it is. The historical context is amazing. Christ is coming to this formerly blind man who has just been kicked out of the church and they're not doing it in private. Christ is standing before a whole crowd of people receiving that blind man to himself. So that what this blind man is about to do is affirm who Christ is and demonstrate that he is one of God's elect in the very presence of the rulers that kicked him out. In other words, Christ is doing what John 6.37 said, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and he that cometh unto me I will in no wise cast out. Here it is. Jesus said unto him that was cast out when he had found him, Do you believe on the what? That's the whole issue, ladies and gentlemen. This is the issue for you and me. This is the whole issue. Do you believe on the Son of God? Now here this formerly blind man is standing between Jesus and the rulers. Between Christ and his disciples and the whole religious world. The whole religious world has just kicked him out of their church. He's standing between heaven and hell, darkness and light. The kingdom of God's dear son and the kingdom of darkness. Here is where we get to really see whether or not this man is truly God's elect. The simple question is, do you believe on the son of God? And he answered, there it is again. Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? Now don't go anywhere. This is why I raised the question earlier. Does God first touch us with his grace? Get a hold of our life. Bring us into conformity to the gospel. And in a real sense, because we're walking by faith, we're still blind to the person of Jesus. Is that true? We're, we're, we're not blind to his presence. We're not blind to his power. We're not blind to his proclamation. We're not blind to his providence in our life. We know God is working on our life. And we have heard of him with the hearing of the ear. In the preaching of the gospel. And we have a shape and form of Christ propositionally. But we have yet to see him face to face. But there's a day coming, isn't it? There's a day coming, hallelujah. There's a day coming. And you might get kicked out of the church down here. But if you're one of God's elect, guess what? Christ will show up when they kick you out. Like they did Stephen in Acts chapter 7. The curtains opened up. The Lord stood up and Stephen says, I see the Son of God standing at the right hand of the Father. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the Lord is amazing. The Lord is amazing. Uh, And see, that's Isaiah 42, verse 21. I'm just telling you, telling you. Verse 21, Isaiah, you can read for yourself. Let me read these last few verses. I'm out of here. I thought, you know, I was assuming you remembered your Bible, but I know we don't. Here it is. Do you believe on the Son of God? He answered, Lord, who is he that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, You have seen him, and it is he that talketh with you. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he what? Worshipped. You only worship God. If you're going to worship Christ, you've got to admit that he's God. 
You got that? You only worship God. And for that man to worship him in the presence of the rulers, the Pharisees, was utter blasphemy. You got that? This is the difference between men and women who are blind to the glory of God in Christ and the real deity of Christ. And the person who has been touched by God's grace, drawn by God's grace, whose eyes have been opened by and by to the superlative beauty and splendor and majesty of the God-man Jesus Christ. I have no qualms about worshiping Christ as God, do you? He is very God, a very God. In fact, I cannot know God the Father without God the Son. And God the Father says, worship Him all ye angels, bow before Him all ye saints. And so this formerly blind man is a lesson for you and me. Such a wonderful time here in God's Word. It's our hope and prayer that you're growing in grace as you take the time to study God's Word with us. We thank you for joining us. This is Way of Grace, the ministry of Grace Bible Church in Hayward. We would leave you with an invitation. If you enjoyed the time you've had with us today studying God's Word, please consider this a formal invitation to join us in person. Sunday services at Grace Bible Church in Hayward are at 11 a.m. Sunday schools at 10. And then, of course, the Friday Bible study. We've got a lot of folks from all over and from a variety of churches joining us Friday evenings at 8 p.m., for this Bible study. You're invited to either one. We're located at 20450 Royal Avenue. That's here in Hayward. And the zip code is 94541. If you're trying to tom-tom us or uh, Google us for the map, you can also get directions at our website, grace-bible.com. Again, that's grace-bible.com. Or simply call for directions, 510 886 9782. That's 510-886-9782. As always, we have CDs available. You can download the messages off our website or call us and order a CD of today's broadcast or any program that you have heard here on Way of Grace. We'd be more than happy to get one out to you. You can call us at 510-886-9782 or stop by our website, grace-bible.com. We do thank you for spending time with us today. Trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.